Hi, I'm Cassie, and welcome to our podcast, Unveiled, Real Talk for Real People. While I am a licensed clinical social worker, licensed in the state of Indiana, I can't give you any advice about your particular struggles. Anything that is discussed in this podcast are generalities not meant to specifically advise you. The information discussed here is intended to be educational and inspirational. If you are seeking professional support, message either myself or Stephanie, and we can help you locate a therapist in your state. Or you can talk to your doctor or trusted friends or use a directory such as Psychology Today or the Center for Apostolic Counseling. And again, we hope you enjoy this episode of Unveiled. Hi, I'm Cassie. Hi, I'm Stephanie. And welcome to our podcast, Unveiled, Real Talk for Real People. Ooh, and you might uh, notice that that name is not the same as the last few episodes that we have recently released. So our name has changed. So if you go back previous episodes because you're joining for the first time and you hear a different name, don't worry. You are still in the right podcast. And welcome to our next episode. Yes, yeah, so in this episode, we are going to talk about how do you deal with body shaming and negative comments from your family or your friends? Because it is a very real thing that happens. I mean, I don't know about Stephanie, but I know it happened to me whenever I was, before I started, before my eating disorder began, and even during my recovery, you know, it happened a lot. Oh, yes. I think... My personal opinion, Cassie, is I think it happens to everybody, whether we share mm-hmm. it or not. It happens. Yeah. And sometimes I think it happens unknowingly. Like, I think mm-hmm. people sometimes have really good intention of telling you something, but it's really not. Like, you're such in a mindset that it doesn't come out the way someone mm-hmm. else is saying it, and you receive it in a whole different manner just because of mindset. Yeah. You know, and, and way before I was in adulthood, uh, I can remember as a young child – being bullied i was always the biggest in the class um and so i was i think if there is a name in the book of bullying i of a fat joke i was probably called it like even like a two by four i was called a two by four can't fit through the front door Uh, i still haven't got the two by four because uh, i'm not tall at all i'm very short uh but a two by four if you know what a two by four is cassie it's a it's very skinny. So I was like, I'm not tall and I'm not skinny. So I still never have gotten the two by four. So if someone out there could explain that to me, I would love to know. But I mean, yeah, I, would, I would love to know what they meant to you. Yeah. Cause I'm a two by four. Like I definitely am not tall. I mean, I'm five, two and a half on a good day. Okay. And I add the half because my hair is high on my head. I mean, you'll take every inch you can get. Yeah. Yeah. Closer to these. So in that half, that half is added probably my hair. Even when I go to the doctor, like they have to smush my hair down because they're like, that doesn't count. <laughs> like it does for me. Absolutely. Anyway, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so um, body shaming happens. So Cassie, yeah. you go from there and kind of talk a little yeah. bit about maybe your experience. Yeah, and I think, you know, going back to what we mentioned earlier, too, and I think body shaming can even happen when you don't struggle with an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Like, so it can happen to anybody eating disorder or not eating disorder. So I think we have to be mindful of our conversations with people and what we're saying to them. Um, but from my personal experience, like whenever I really, I gained a lot of weight in college, you know, everyone says, you know, the freshman 15, but I went, you know, I gained a lot of weight in college and 
I would eat a lot of food because eating food was how I dealt with my stress of finals and writing papers and all that other fun stuff. And a lot of people would tell me like, oh, you're, you've gained weight. Like you need to lose some of that. Or, you know, some people like, even whenever I was like in the middle of my eating disorder, there were other people that were like, oh, you look really good. You, how much more weight do you plan on losing? Even though I didn't really look good and I was at a very unhealthy weight, I still was not thin enough for them. And I felt like, you know, if I were to eat something, they'd be like, oh, are you sure you want to eat that? That's not the best choice because you're going to gain all that weight back. So, like, I would even be shamed for what I was eating. Oh, that that has to, like, be hard. Like, I'm cringing over here of, like, being Mm -hmm. shamed of what you eat because that, like, just that starts – the problem Mm -hmm. with our body image and not even just eating disorders it starts with like disordered eating and we label absolutely general like good food bad food and it's like my weight loss journey started out very healthy like I still ate I just you know instead of eating second thirds and having snacks all throughout the day I just cut back on really how much I was snacking so like my diet didn't change much I didn't change what I was eating I just cut back on how much I was eating But I had one day a week that was a cheat day. And like, I would just, you know, I was still mindful of what I was eating on my cheat day, but like, I might let myself have that extra serving at dinner or that extra piece of pie or that extra cookie. But when I did, they were like, are you sure you want to eat that? You shouldn't be eating that extra cookie or you shouldn't eat that extra dessert or you shouldn't get that extra bowl of chili. Like, so I was even shamed on, like, um, body shamed on my cheat day. Like, you're going to gain all that weight back that you lost this week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and that just, like, I'm just, like, ah, sitting over here, like, uh, mind blown that people do that. Because, like, and I experienced the same thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, When I started my weight loss journey back in 2015, like, it literally was just to become healthy. That was my ultimate goal. But it, it really... In reality, it started because I had been told, mm, you're kind of fat. You need to, like, lose some weight. You need to work out. You're going to die mm-hmm. young. Like, who wants to be told they're going to die young? Like, right. nobody. Like, yeah, for real. Like, who's going to – who wants to be told that kind of thing? You know, and I, I mean, maybe they were coming out of a good place. I really don't know, like, where they were coming mm-hmm. from because, like, who who says that? Still, no. Um, like, I just in mind blows. But I think the problem, like, with me is my body shaming really started at a young age. I don't know Cassie's, like, story or background of that nature. But Mm -hmm. for me, I mean, I was the biggest in the class. I mean, I Mm -hmm. have always been big. My, I just, there's parts of me. I have curves. I have the big thighs, the big legs. And, you know, that's just something that's always been part of my life. My mom was like that. My sister is like that. I've bunch of family members on my mom's side that is like that and so even from a young stage Dumbo was my number one thing that I was called there goes Dumbo you know and I always joke because I was like I don't have big ears but then I became (laughs) self-conscious a few years later in middle school where like yeah I have big ears so it not only then became like I was fat but then I like my ears were big and then my arms were big. like different things, like it would progress. And yet I was just the brunt of the joke. And so then I started joking 
about my body because I was like, well, how do I counteract it? And so then like I would hide my clothes. And I think that's like the hardest thing was it wasn't just like people that were bullying me or anything of that nature, but it was also my friends. Like I became their punt of their jokes as well. But then I, I started the jokes because it started from the bullies. So it kind of like progressed my whole life. And even in college, I was still picked on. Whereas I like had lost weight when I freshman yeah. college, but I still was big. And I mean, and I was in marching band and everything too. And so like, and I swam constantly. And it was just that kind of state of matter, you know, it was like, what more do you want from me? Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's so hard, especially when it starts at a young age, because then that child is self-conscious their entire life about everything. So that's why it's important. Like, you know, whenever we're talking to kids, we don't body shame them because that's going to follow them the rest of their lives. And you never know what it can do to them when they're older. Yeah, that's so true because like I started hiding my body. So in sixth grade, I will Mm -hmm. never forget most of my sixth grade life, I wore a red jacket, like a, a pullover kind of like, Police material jacket I wore almost every day I went to school just to hide my top portion of my body because I was, again, the biggest in the class. And it wasn't, you know, and teachers would ask, well, aren't you hot? No, I'm not. I'm fine. And I would I wore it and I lived in the deep south. Okay, so it was not winter all the time or cold. It was, it was hot that we had maybe like a couple cold days, <laughs> but like our air conditioning on in our schools stayed on pretty much year round. And so, yeah. but I wore it because I knew if I could wear it, I could hide and they couldn't see it and I couldn't be picked on and I couldn't be bullied and no one really questioned it. Nobody ever, you know, I look back and think, well, why didn't the teachers like put two to two together? Like I wore a jacket. What was going on? Like there was something wrong in that aspect, Mm -hmm. but nobody ever caught on. Then it was just bullying, you know, and I didn't know how to handle that situation as a sixth grader. You know, I look back thinking, man, I wish I had somebody in my life telling me, no, you're beautiful the way you are. But yet I was just being bullied. Yeah. Yeah, let's say it is so important that like you have you put positive comments into the kids because, you know, it could have a long lasting impact later. And if you feed them positive comments, then later they won't feel shame or guilt about, you know, we won't feel shamed or guilt about our bodies. And I was talking to someone. Yeah, say, I was talking to someone. Else, no, I was talking to someone else like this evening even, and we were talking about like weights and, you know, the way our bodies look should not be a conversation that is brought up because you don't know what the other person is going through. Like uh, someone, you could be talking to someone that's perfectly content with their bodies and where it's at, but then you could be talking to someone and they're unhappy or unsatisfied. And I think weight is not something we should talk about or bring up or body shame someone because you don't know what that other person is struggling with. Absolutely. Like that should not be our number one compliment. 
Yeah. And if someone posts about, you know, their weight loss journey, I don't think it's wrong to be like, oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. but I don't necessarily think we need to be like noticing right off the bat. That's our first compliment. Hey, you've lost 20 pounds. That looks good for you. You know, I think we need to find, mm-hmm. hey, you have a nice outfit on today. I really like that. You look nice in that. Yeah. You know, find exactly. other things to compliment. Um, it, and especially like your kids. I don't think at all at all that a child you should go and tell them hey you're looking like you kind of gained some weight let's go run some few laps they're a kid let them be a kid exactly don't don't put a stigma on well you're kind of bigger than they are well Mm -hmm. you should be you know this you know i remember you know i wanted to be a ballerina when i was little i wanted to be this prima ballerina that ain't going to happen. I'm not coordinated enough at all. But <laughs> I didn't know that. You know, I just wanted to be a ballerina. I wanted to be in the nutcracker. I wanted to be, I wanted to be that in a tutu trilling around. Nowadays, you don't, you don't need to see that. Nobody does. But I remember going to dance class and my mom taking me into dance. And I was shoved in the back of the class. Hmm. And I wasn't allowed to really dance much at all. And my mom... And I found this out years later. My mom had asked the teacher, why can't my daughter dance? And my teacher apparently told my mom to her face, which was the wrong person to tell, that your daughter's fat, so she doesn't dance in my studio. And my mom, that was it. Like, that was the end of that story. And I never danced again. My mom would, my mom refused to put me in any form of dance class because she was scared of what would happen, mm-hmm. of what would be said to me and stuff. And I mean, ah. I look back now and think, well, that's fine because I probably wouldn't have made it as a prima ballerina anyways. No choreograph up here at all. <laughs> but yeah, but who knows what could have happened. But because of that comment, that was it. That was the end of the story. That was the end of that life permanently you know and and what 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 uh, adult has a right to tell somebody some kid you're fat yeah oh my goodness I was I was like in third grade I think third or fourth grade I was young elementary mm. when that happened yeah and that just that mm-hmm. stayed with me when I found out it was years later but that still like that moment I was like oh my goodness now I know why I left so it wasn't even coming from somebody who I really knew who I, I didn't love that person. Mm-hmm. I didn't know him really at all. But it was that whole point of, well, now the stigma is with me in my mind. And like, here I am years later, still battling body image. And I'm 33. And this started as a young elementary school student. Yeah. It's really tough because like, you know, Adults should not say things to kids like let your kid eat that cookie. I'm not saying you should let them eat 20 cookies a day, (laughs) but there's no harm in letting them eat. (laughs) There's no harm in letting them eat one cookie a day. Like, (laughs) okay, parents, we have a little disclaimer. We're not telling you that we think all kids should be hyped up on sugar all day. Absolutely. Exactly. I've been around 25, four-year-olds. Absolutely not. Nobody (laughs) in their life where a kid is hyped up on sugar. Exactly. So I agree, Cassie, that if they want two cookies, let them have two cookies. I think the serving size for an Oreo is like four. Let them eat four cookies. 
Exactly. Like I like those. I can't remember what kind of cookies they are. They're shortbread cookies. And I think a serving size is three. Like I eat two most days and I feel fine. Like I don't notice a difference in my weights for eating two shortbread cookies. And kids burn more calories than anybody because they don't know how to sit down and sit still. <laughs> Absolutely. They burn off all that calorie. Anyways, if you're worried about calories, trust me, they're good. Just look at <laughs> Yes, because their body is growing in the first place. So they're going to need more yeah. intake of food than anything because they are growing. And so, exactly. so don't body shame a child. I mean, and we're definitely not saying don't let them like overeat the entire kitchen sink. <laughs> That's not what we're saying. Right. But it doesn't, uh, it should never boil down to. Don't you body can't shame have him. that. Yeah. yeah. So you can't have that because you're going to get fat. Absolutely. And fat should, oh, that fat should never be an in our mouth word to a child, really to nope. anybody, let alone. What yeah. I think needs to be broadcast all over is if God wouldn't say it to you or to anybody, then it should not come out of our mouths. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't. Like, you know, we need to speak kindness and positive affirmations to each other. Like, that's how Jesus would speak to us. He tells us like we are fearfully and wonderfully made. He tells us we're beautiful. He tells us we have no flaws. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need to tell our kids. I like to tell myself, you know, I am perfectly imperfect. And I am created the way God created me. He designed me to look this way. He formed me whenever I was still like in my mother's womb. And he knew exactly what he was doing. Yes, I 100% agree. That was beautifully said. Mm-hmm. So Cassie, the, my question is for you is how, how do you handle that when you come, when it comes from a loved one? What do you, what do you do? For me, I've learned to just shrug it off and instead like say the opposite to myself of what that person told me. Or I will go back to like my favorite Bible verses that tell me something about myself that I already know because you can't change the comments people say to you because they're going to say them, but you can change how you respond and how you react to them. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that aspect. Now, what do you do if like this person really means, you know, coming from a a loving point like they think they're coming from a loving point of you know what do you say to that person and they and they really mean like you can tell they're very sincere like they're not trying to be negative but you Mm -hmm. are in a bad mindset how do you how do you handle that i will usually tell them like i can't talk about this right now but can we come back to this conversation later especially if i'm in a bad mindset and it and it's okay to say, I can't talk about it right now. If you know they're coming from a loving place, but you're not in a good mood and you don't think you can talk about it in a good way, I think it's okay to say, I can't talk about this right now. Let's talk about it later when I am in a better mindset. That's, I like that because we need to stand up for ourselves because mm-hmm. just because someone says something doesn't mean it gives them the right to talk about it. Whether they exactly. are coming from a loving standpoint or not, if we are not in the right mindset, then we need to be mm-hmm. like, hey, 
I know you're trying to be really sweet right now, but I'm not at the point where I can talk about it to people yet. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. And you may never, yeah. and you may never get to the point where you're ready to talk about it. And Absolutely. it's okay to keep saying, I can't talk about this. And it's okay to say, and it's okay to tell someone I am ready to talk about this. I will come to you until yeah, then bring it up with me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's some people that you just, you're not going to be able to, because they're just not mm-hmm. going to understand. Exactly. So I think body image is just hard for, you know, not just the apostolic faith, but just the world mm-hmm. in general. I think it's hard sometimes for us to understand because we have these magazines and we have, all of this stuff telling mm-hmm. us, ooh, here's the next fab diet, you know, and like yep. you lose 20 inches off your waist, you know, uh, like yeah. the models and the, and the runway itself. I mean, that's what, you know, absolutely to strive to. That's what society like is, and their standards. And one thing I learned, which, you know, doesn't come as a surprise to me and shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone else, is that those magazine covers are photoshopped. Mm-hmm. And I read a quote once that I can't remember exactly what the quote says word for word anymore, but it was something along along the lines of even the girls on the cover on the covers of magazines wished they looked like their own images on those magazines. So that goes to show how much we rely on Photoshop to change our images because we're not satisfied with what we look like in real life. Yeah, which is so sad that that's become like our standard in general mm-hmm. for for our bodies. You know, and this is not just for women. You know, me and Cass yeah. relate more to women because, well, we are women, and so yeah, we're going to we're going to relate more. And we're going to talk more about that. But it, it, this is not an issue that is just yeah. I feel like you know, even with men on the magazine covers, they'll buff them, they'll Photoshop them to where the men look buff and muscular, when that's not their reality. Yeah, I'm. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they do. I'm, and I'm sure men have mm-hmm. looked at magazines, going, "Man, I wish my arm was like that." You know? <laughs> I want that I'm, body, I'm, like. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they do. Again, I don't know. I'm sure Cassie doesn't know either. Like exactly. Gonna, you know, maybe one day we'll but, get a man onto our podcast and talk about it. But like, I just want you to know that yeah. it's not. This is not a female only club. You know, mm-hmm. body image is not, body image doesn't care what age you are, yeah, what you look same. like, and what gender Absolutely. You like, it, that's all. End of story. Like, it, it just comes I, after you. Yeah. I think women are more open about it because we're not afraid to talk. Whereas, even though there's still the stigma around an eating disorder, like, we're not afraid to talk about it because we, we women, we're women. We like to talk. But men, <laughs> unless you're me, and then you're quiet and reserved. Um, I take offense to that. Thank you very much. Not, not. <laughs> not. But with men, it's like there's a big stigma, and they don't like talking about mental health in general. So, of course, they're not going to come forward and be like, yeah, I'm struggling with my body image. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's the biggest thing, too, is, I mean, we do, we do like to talk. Okay, we do. If you know me long enough, you know I do like to talk. Um, people who say that I'm quiet, I laugh at, and like, you just don't know me yet. Get to know me. Exactly. Um, Once you get to know Stephanie, she's a talker. Um, I am. I'm an introvert, but doesn't mean I am quiet and introvert. So, but that is so true. Men, men don't. 
men don't really, we don't hear a lot about the men talking about, you know, mental health, which is sad because there is, mm-hmm. there is men out there who are struggling with eating disorders and body image issues that Absolutely. I think it's their stigma of, man, if I talk about this, I'm, I'm weak. I'm not a man. I'm weak if I talk about it, but that's so wrong. That's so wrong that we put that on them. Mm-hmm. You know, no, you're not weak if you talk about it. You're pretty strong yeah. if you talk about it. Man, you had a problem. Do you know how many young mm-hmm. men could look up to them? Like that would be, you know. Yeah. You know, I, and I think it's just our standards. You know, I think I'm, I have been so stuck lately on like what our world standards have done to us. You know, and it's, Absolutely. And it's not just secular. I'm, this is not a, just a secular thing. It's in the apostolic faith. You know, mm-hmm. we come to church and we're supposed to come to church for God. We're there for God. We're there to worship God, praise him, give him everything mm-hmm. while we're at church. But yet sometimes I think we go to these conferences and we think, ooh, it's a runway. We got to look just right. We got to look just perfect. The hair has to be perfect. You know, we pull all of our outfits out that we never wear to church because they're the nicest and the best outfits. Uh, the tallest heels we can get on. We're gonna wear. Yep. We're gonna take them off as soon as we sit down. Put them back on when we walk. Our hair is curled every service. Every we're spending hours, you know, and we put and it's and this is adults. This is not teenagers mm-hmm. that we're talking about. This is adults. Which now the yeah. adults are doing it. Which now the young adults think, "Oh man, I yeah, do that too." Which like now the you know, young adults are doing it. You're apostolic, yeah. You know, and it just trickles. Yeah, down. I said if you're apostolic. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, guys. Yeah, no, sorry, you're good. If you're apostolic, like. It, you know, if you're apostolic, then you know that NAYC is this year North American Youth Congress. And if you're going, pay attention when you go to NAYC in July. Pay attention to how these te- to how the teenage girls dress. And I mean, not just the teenage girls, but even the adults will dress like pull out all their best, probably dress in ways they normally don't dress for their you know service at their home church because they want to impress people. I mean, I know because I was one of those. Whenever I went to NAYC, I would pull out all my dresses that I hardly ever wore to my home church and take those to NAYC because they were my nicest, best dresses I had in my closet. Yeah. And now, now here's another disclaimer for you. We're not saying that you, you don't dress your best because I feel that we need to dress our best for God. Yes. We're not dressing our best for other people. We're dressing our best because this makes me feel pretty and I'm doing it for God. Absolutely. We're not saying that's wrong. The problem is, is we're putting these standards in place that are trickling down to the young kids. Because I was a camp counselor for years at children's <laughs> camp. And there was outfits at these children's camps. And I'm thinking, this is children's camp. When did I come to a young adult class? Like, <laughs> I'm like, this is children's camp. You know, and I get, mm-hmm. I get the conferences and we're looking pretty and we're looking nice. I totally get that. And I think that's great. Look your best. That's fine. Absolutely. For other people. And so we have all these standards and I think we forget what God looks in on. Like he doesn't, yes, holiness, 100%. I know this can mm-hmm. be a fine line of what we're talking about, but I think we need to understand that God is looking at our insides as well. You know, yes. so he doesn't judge us on our size. He doesn't judge us 
on how tall we are, how short we are, how big we are, how skinny we are. Mm-hmm. God is judging us on our insides, our holiness, absolutely, and things of that nature. Yeah. So I absolutely, just, it's it's that kind of fine line where how do you how do you find the balance? You know, yeah. But we don't need to judge anybody because they can't. You saw them at the last NAYC. NAYC isn't every year. It's every other year, Cassie, right? Yeah, every two years. Yeah, so it's every two years. So when you see your friends that you haven't seen in two years, don't be like, oh, wow, she gained some weight last from last time. No, Absolutely. That's not the point of this conference. NAYC has nothing to do with that. So we don't it, need to go know, to these conferences yeah. and see people that we haven't seen. And the first thing come to our mind is, ooh, they were they were smaller the last time I saw them. Like, yes. And it's like, you know, they're teenagers, so they're going to have grown and changed in two years. Absolutely. You know, like, you're not going to see the same. No, you don't it looks developing just- until, like, you're tw- in mid-20s. Yeah. You, your brain isn't even done developing at a yeah. teenager level. Yeah. You know, I think if I'm remembering correctly, your brain is like around 25 maybe is when it's fully developed. Yeah. So it's in your, it's in your late mid, mid, late twenties. Um, yeah. When it is. And if I remember right from my psychology class in college, your personality, your true personality doesn't even really set in until you're almost 30. And so so it's that kind of development that they're still developing. I can remember yeah. in high school that we had well elementary school, excuse me, elementary school. There was this, there was these four boys. Okay. They all were, they all were, we call them ladders. Okay. Cause they were just literally one year younger than each other. Um, and therefore there's four of them. And my sister had the oldest one in hers and I had the youngest one in mine. Me, and my sister are four years apart. And there was two more in the middle and they all were short. They all started out extremely short and everything. And then they got halfway through high school and all of a sudden they were six foot. <laughs> I mean, wow. No joke. No joke. But their dad was like six foot, like three, but their mom was four mm-hmm. foot 11. Okay. Mom was short, but that's, that just show, goes to show you that. He started mm-hmm. out, all of them started out extremely short, but you mm-hmm. just wait halfway through high school, they all would grow yeah. out of nowhere. We would leave and then come back after summer. And then it was like, where'd the sky come from? <laughs> like, right. so why, why even judge, you know, this kid as, like, yeah. hey, you're short, yeah. you better watch out because yeah. they might grow on you. Yeah. And going back, you know, to my comment about like dressing for conferences, there's nothing wrong with pulling out your best dresses for conferences. Because, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. As long as you remember, you're not dressing to impress your friends, you're you're dressing to impress God. Yeah. And you also need to make sure you're not doing it for other people either. Just like you Mm -hmm. said, you're not doing it for your friends. If you really love that outfit because you feel pretty in that outfit, and you mm-hmm. feel gorgeous in that outfit, then you wear that outfit. You rock yes. that outfit, girl. You, you own that outfit. Like, it's yours. Absolutely. <laughs> there is no need for you not to. But if you're mm-hmm. doing it because somebody has made a comment and you now feel that you have to do this 
or you have to cover up because somebody said, oh, you're kind of fat. You don't look good. As mm-hmm. long as that outfit meets the holiness standards and it's not tight or anything of that nature and you rock it and you feel like you rock it like a rock star, go for it, girl. Yeah, absolutely. That's saying for you guys too, you know, if you feel rocking in that, uh, that suit, you know, go for it. Own it. Yes. Don't don't do it because somebody made a nasty comment to you. Like body shaming mm-hmm. needs to stop, especially in the apostolic faith. And I don't yes. realize that it happens in our faith because we're kind of used to it. And it's kind of like those little comments that sneak in, you know, like, mm, yeah, you've gained some weight. You're doing okay. Like that doesn't mm-hmm. sound harmful, but it really is. Yeah. Somebody is struggling with their body. I can remember having comments like that, you know, and I was in the middle of my eating disorder and nobody knew. And they were like, you still working out, right? Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I am, but I didn't need you to remind me. Thanks. Like I'm going to mm-hmm. now have to work out even more because I don't want them to think anything, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's like, you know, from, you know, using Stephanie's example, if we start body shaming at a very young age, then it's going to follow you through your entire life. And you're always going to be questioning your weight. So you're going to be questioning yourself. You're going to be questioning your confidence. And we don't want that. So we want to feel confident in knowing who we are and knowing whose we are. We want to feel confident in our looks. Yeah. And I think that's important. Yeah. And that's what, and so like, so I'm going to leave you guys with, we're going to kind of wrap up here a little bit. Um, This has been just a great conversation, Cassie. I think Um, so too. But I also want to wrap up with just, you know, a a verse from first Samuel 16, seven, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his confidence or on the height of his stature statue, but because I have refused him, but for the Lord saith not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. So mm-hmm. it even does, it even tells you that God really focuses on your heart. Um, it doesn't matter your size, your shape. If you have those curves, if you don't have those curves, if you are a size 22 or a size double zero, which I didn't know a double zero existed until recently. Crazy. Did not know that. I did not know that existed either. It exists. It does. Look it up. I promise it does. Um, <laughs> I will definitely look that up. Yeah. But it does. God doesn't. God does not care because God <laughs> made us. Yeah. He um, made us the height he wanted us, the size he wanted us, the way we look. Every bit yeah. of us, just as it says in the Bible, God knows the number of hair yes. on our head. So God already he, knew yeah. what you would look like. And yep. you are perfectly and wonderfully made because God yep. made you who you are. Yes. And he did not make a mistake when he created you. Absolutely not. God does not make mistakes because God is perfect. And so Absolutely. none of us are a mistake whatsoever. So I leave you with one last thing. You are loved. You're beautiful the way you look. And don't ever forget it because God made you just the way you are. Cassie, you have anything else? 
I agree with everything Stephanie said. And just remember, you know, whenever you are struggling with your own thoughts, with your body image, remember who you belong to. Like you are a daughter of the king. And like we mentioned earlier, he did not make a mistake in designing you. That is absolutely correct. So we leave you with this episode today. We love you all. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you. And I hope you join us for our next episode. Talk to you all. Bye. Bye.